Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Hi, everyone. I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hi, everyone. It is John C. Morley here, Serial Entrepreneur. Welcome to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. And happy September, everyone. I can't believe we are on the 2nd of September already. Can you believe that? I, I can't believe that. Well, we have a great show for you guys uh, kicking off with September. We have some good guests coming up in the next few months, so definitely stick around. Great for you to pop in today. We have a great show. And so let's just kick it off and get right into it, all right? Uh, so first thing I want to talk to you is we all have used Twitter before, right? So Twitter is now testing out the ability for you to be able to let you edit your own tweets. So this is something that is um, basically in beta, and they're rolling it out to specific groups, not everyone. And uh, they say, and I quote, goodbye to typos and hello edit button. So Twitter will let you um, hopefully edit after this test all goes through. Uh, for people that have fat fingers, they make mistakes, and the autocorrect uh, challenges that are always wrong. Uh, this rollout will be gradual, and they're going to start it internally with Twitter employees first, then Twitter blue subscribers, and then eventually the next level going to everyone will be able to edit tweets. So although the company didn't say when exactly, it is on the roadmap. So Twitter has, you know, had resisted the idea a while back, fearing the spread of misinformation. Now, they will allow you, if this goes through, to edit tweets only made 30 minutes after the original tweet was sent, and edit tweets will be labeled. So, okay, I get it. So you have to do it within 30 minutes, which I have no problem with, and it's going to tell people that the uh, tweet was edited. Not a big deal. I mean, LinkedIn does the same thing. So uh, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled and see what happens with that, but I think that's going to be um, pretty cool, actually. All right. So we all know about Amazon Prime, right? Well, Disney is possibly going to launch their own version of Prime. So they're considering a membership program similar to Amazon Prime that would offer customers discounts to perks like entertainment services as well as theme park admissions, according to the Wall Street Journal. And um, they uh, dubbed the name Disney Prime would act as a revenue boost and data gathering engine exercise for companies encouraging them to spend more money while providing personal details and preferences. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. So Disney already has a super fan membership program, and the new service would be aimed at a wider range of customers, although the price point has not yet been made available to the public. 
a Disney spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal, and I quote, a membership program is just one of the exciting ideas that is being explored, close quote, as the company aims to, quote, customize and personalize the consumer experience, end quote. So I think Disney's having some challenges, as we know. They've had some quality issues a while back. And I think they're just trying to get themselves back on the top of the ball because they're slipping. If you look at, uh, you know, top theme parks right now, do you guys know? Who do you think, who is the, the top theme park uh, in the world? Who do you think that is? Well, Magic Kingdom um, was the biggest theme park in 2022. All right. Um, after uh, the Magic Kingdom uh, at the uh, Walt Disney World Resort, Shanghai Disneyland, Universal Studios Japan, and Chimlong Ocean Kingdom in Henquin, China. So the question people ask is, what is the best theme park in the world? Well, it come back, came back with some results saying that the Blackpool Pleasure Beach uh, in the United Kingdom has an unbeatable ride, an icon, and uh, Walt Disney World Resort ranked number two. After that, the Everland Resort in South Korea, um, the Port Overtura in Spain, Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi, Six Flags Magic Mountain in Los Angeles, and Universal Studios Japan, and the Alton Towers Resort in Stafford, United Kingdom. So Disney is kind of losing some of its market share. So I think they're concerned that people now want something different. I know when I went to Disney, um, if you're not going for a conference, I found that it was changing. And they're hiring people at minimum wage, and they really don't care about the magic. I remember when I first went there as a child, you know, you're never supposed to see anybody empty trash, which I never did. Went back several years after graduating uh, high school, and I'm seeing people empty trash in the Magic Kingdom. And I'm like, you're not supposed to be emptying trash in the Magic Kingdom. It's supposed to all be magical. So I don't know. I think they're having some challenges. But let's see what's going to happen with Disney Prime and where it's going to go. Um Let's have to keep our eyes peeled, all right? All right. So um, we've been talking about Apple for a very, very long time. And uh, yes, another Apple store election is brewing. Can you believe this? Workers at a store in Oklahoma City have filed to hold a vote. Workers, um, I guess, are fed up with what's going on. And this is at the Penn Square Apple Store in Oklahoma City had filed with the National Labor Relations Board to hold a union election, becoming the third U.S. location to have done so, according to a press release. Over 70% of the store's salespeople, uh, genius admins, technicians, creatives, and operations specialists have signed cards to say they're interested in being represented by the Communications Workers of America, or the CWA. So the NLRB uh, bar for sufficient showing of interest for an election is 30% of workers. So you might be saying, John, what the heck is, what is the NLRB? I know everybody uses these big acronyms today. And, um, you know, I guess we have to kind of get used to them. It's the National Labor Relations Board. Okay, so in case you're wondering uh, what that is, uh, now you know. And um, I think after what happened in Maryland and other places, we're going to start to see this become something that's widespread, not just something that's going to be in one part of the country. Apple is not taking care of its workers, neither is Amazon. Uh, I'm waiting to see when Amazon actually goes through a similar uh, debacle because uh, with people getting hurt and killed, 
not by any uh, fault of uh, the person, but the conditions are just really poor. Uh, I've heard the conditions are not bad at Apple. However, the big challenge is that the staff is not being treated fairly. So that is a big, big problem. And uh, with more legal uh, challenges that are on the pipeline, yes, uh, you heard it right. Apple is settling over its App Store moderation and power. What the heck is this all about? Well, Apple settles the lawsuit over its App Store moderation and power. And so um, the developer and App Store critic, Costa Elfrotuo, had settled his lawsuit with Apple, according to a report from TechCrunch. The suit was filed in March 2021, arguing that Apple made it difficult for him to sell his app, flick type on the App Store, after it seemingly lost interest in acquiring the tech. The lawsuit alleged that Apple used its monopoly power as maker of the iPhone and as the company in charge of the App Store to crush developers competing with it through exploitive fees and selective applications of opaque and unreasonable constraints. So we all know that these big companies, whether it's Apple, whether it's Google, whether it's uh, Twitter, whether it's Instagram, Meta, Facebook, they all think that they can get away with things because they have a lot of money and they're big. But what we're learning is that these companies are starting to become a little more humble because the Federal Communications uh, Division to trade FTC, they're coming after companies that are uh, starting to, let's say, strut their stuff and say they're a monopoly. Whether they're doing it quietly or they're doing it arrogantly, doesn't matter. If they're not giving people a chance to compete, well, they're going to get some fines or possibly some lawsuits. All right. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. I'm sure Apple hopefully learned their lesson this time. And another interesting challenge that uh, has come up the pike, and and that is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the chip wreck. Uh, NVIDIA sinks sectors after the U.S. restricts China sales. Now, what the heck's going on with this? I mean, this is just, this is insane. So uh, September 1, reported by uh, Reuters, U.S. chip stocks tumbled. Uh, with a main semiconductor index down more than 3% after NVIDIA, NVDA.O, and Advanced Micro Devices, AMD.O, had said the U.S. officials told them to stop exporting cutting-edge processors for artificial intelligence to China. NVIDIA stock plummeted to 11% on track for its biggest one-day percentage drop since 2020, while smaller rival AMD stocks fell almost 6%. As of midday, about $40 billion worth of NVIDIA stock's market value had evaporated. 30 companies making up the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, SOX, lost a combined amount of $100 billion worth of stock market value. So I think what this is really saying is we need to stop with China. We need to become more sufficient within the United States of America. But why is this not happening? I think it's because of political power. I think it's because a lot of things like that. And when these things happen, people... You're on track to graduate from a great school, but do you feel unsure of what's next? Top accounting firms want candidates like you with backgrounds outside the industry. Northeastern University's combined MS in accounting plus MBA will prepare you to launch your career in just 15 months. Develop accounting and business expertise and gain immersive experience through a paid corporate residency. RSVP to a virtual information session at northeastern.edu slash accounting events. They just go with the way the market's going. And it may not be the greatest thing for our economy or for the people in the economy, right? 
But I think everyone just feels that they can control people with money and uh, power. But the truth is they can't. So if you're a company, just like we learned with the FTC and the FCC, you can't get around stuff like this. Because if you do, um, it's going to be a big, big problem. And so when we think about this, I know there's going to be challenges. Definitely going to be challenges. So we're going to have to see what happens and where things are going. But um, I definitely know that um, our world needs to change. Because if it doesn't change, it's going to leave many people behind. And if it leaves many people behind, then we're going to have a serious, serious problem. And chipwrecks are just the beginning. And so if we think about what's going on with the stock market and how the semiconductor industry is changing and how they're now trying to restrict things to China, um, hopefully this will get the United States to wake up and say, hey, we need to get on board and figure out how to manufacture our own chips. Not too long ago, I was speaking with somebody who was talking to a company that actually um, is going to start hiring people in the U.S. to manufacture chips in the United States. I'll believe that when I see it. But I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. I think us relying on other countries, especially third world countries for production and stuff, I think that's a serious problem. And we're just putting ourselves further in debt. So this needs to stop, ladies and gentlemen. It has to stop. If it doesn't stop, uh, I just see big, big problems. I mean, serious problems that could really affect us as a country. All right. So um, we were talking about self-driving cars for a while. Well, did you know? That General Motors, yes, the startup cruise recalls and revised self-driving software after a crash. So what the heck happened here? I mean, this is insane. You know, uh, General Motors startup cruise LLC is what they're called, said that it had, and I quote, recalled and updated software in 80 self-driving vehicles after June's crash in San Francisco that left two people injured. The federal regulators said the recalled software could incorrectly predict an oncoming vehicle's path, and Cruz said it had determined this unusual scenario would not reoccur after the update. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, has stepped up its scrutiny of advanced driver assistance systems and autonomous vehicle systems in recent months. And last year, it directed all automakers and tech companies to promptly report crashes involving self-driving vehicles. So the NH, yes, the NHTSA, just in case you weren't following, the National Highway uh, Traffic and Safety Administration said Thursday, uh, a few weeks back, that Cruz's recall filing to address a safety defect in its automated driving system server was required by law. Then why do some companies not do it? Maybe they think they can sneak it under the, the table and the people never notice. But when lives are affected, that's a serious problem. The NHTSA added it expects all manufacturers, including those developing automated driving systems, to continuously ensure that they are meeting the requirements to initiate a recall for any safety issues that pose an unreasonable risk to safety. The NHTSA said the recalled cruise software could, in certain circumstances, when making an unprotected left, cause the autonomous driving system to incorrectly predict another vehicle's path or be insufficiently reactive to a sudden path change of a road user. Um, I see that as a big, big problem. Uh, after the software update, Cruz said that it had gradually reintroduced unprotected left turns 
which refers to turning left at an intersection with a solid green light that directs all traffic, rather than a designated green arrow just for turning vehicles. Ah, uh, I don't know. I still feel that self-driving vehicles, they have a long way to go. I mean, we're, we're not ready for self-driving vehicles yet. Why? Um, I believe it's because um, of what's going on. Um, it really is a challenge, but I know, ladies and gentlemen, that um, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be um, a problem. I mean, definitely going to be a problem. Why? Um, I think it's going to be a problem for a lot of reasons. And so um, I know that um, whatever happened uh, definitely, um, you know, made some changes to, to what's going on. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, that with everything happening, people are concerned not only about their safety, okay, but they're concerned about a lot of things. I mean, a lot of things. What kinds of things? A lot. <laughs> and so um, that is going to be an interesting uh, challenge. But we're going to have to see, you know, what happens and where it's going. We're just going to have to sit tight. And I think, you know, um, the fact that people want autonomous vehicles is great. I just feel that it's something that we can't jump to the punch tomorrow. We just can't. So that's a serious problem. And I know that these cars mean big bucks for these um, manufacturers. However, safety is a paramount concern. I mean, it's the highest concern. The highest concern. So if vehicle manufacturers are not prioritizing safety, then why the heck are they in business just to make money? And I think that's stupid because the most precious thing we have in our world is our lives. But automakers don't see it this way until they get slapped with fines. So uh, kudos to GM and, and, and what they're doing. And uh, hopefully some of the other companies, I'm not going to mention their names, will be responsive uh, and accountable for uh, the types of things they deploy and the solutions before they actually hit the main market. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Taiwan president says she looks forward to producing democracy chips with the U.S. What the heck is this all about? Um, the uh, Basically, um, Taiwan had stated, um, you know, that they want to produce these democracy chips with the United States. And President Tsai Ing when told the visiting governor of the U.S. state of Arizona, Doug Ducey, on Thursday, uh, Dr. Longo, the latest in a string of senior officials from the country to visit. Taiwan has been keen to show the United States its most important international backer and arms supplier, despite the lack of formal diplomatic ties that is reliable friend as global chip crunch impacts auto production and consumer electronics. Taiwan's semiconductor manufacturing, uh, a major Apple Inc. supplier and the world's largest contract chip manufacturer, is constructing a 12 billion plant in Arizona. I think that 
is a big kudos because we need production for these things to be in the United States. So kudos, kudos, kudos to Taiwan uh, for doing that. I think if they didn't do that, I think we probably would have just ousted them. Um, and it would have been bad for the economy and, and lots of things. So I'm happy to see that they're going to do that. In the face of an authoritarian expansionism and the challenges of post-pandemic era, Taiwan seeks to bolster cooperation with the United States in the semiconductor and other high-tech industries. Tai said at the meeting in the presidential office in Taipei. So I think they're on board and they want to do what's right. And we all know this is going to help our economy, help their economy, and help everyone in the world. And so Arizona is also where the Taiwanese F-16 pilots train at the Luke Air Force Base, which Tai also mentioned. Taiwan and the United States will continue to build on their important alliance to safeguard peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific. China claims Taiwan as its territory despite the strong objections of the democracy area elected the government in Taipei, which rejects Beijing's sovereignty claims. China has been carrying out military drills near Taiwan since Pelosi's visit to express its anger at what it views as stepped-up U.S. support for the island. So um, I think what's happening is good. And my only question is, where is this going? Is this really going to do something for us, or is this uh, a placation? I don't know. Um, it sounds like it's good because they're spending a lot of money to build a factory here, but is that really going to go through in the best way? I don't know. I hope that they're going to hire all U.S. people, a lot of U.S. people, I should say, and that they are going to truly be a big pipeline for the United States. Because if that happens, now we'll be able to get chips faster. Um, we'll be able to get them more reliably. And when things are manufactured in the United States, I just feel that quality is just a little better. So um, I think that's good. There'll be more R&D because now we're going to have things right in the United States. And Arizona's close to a lot of states. And we can get things in that Arizona very easily by FedEx, uh, DHL, UPS, et cetera, and other carriers. So I'm excited with uh, what's happening. Now, the question you might be asking me is, you know, when is this uh, new semiconductor um, plant in Arizona going to open? Uh, well, the project is under construction on um, 1,129 acre of land near the Interstate 17 and Loop 303 at the TSMC purchased in December of 2020. And according to the company representative, the construction is scheduled to be operational in 2024, the project represents the largest foreign direct investment in Arizona's history. Um, so. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Interesting. Um, they're hoping to begin mass production, like you said, the first quarter of 2024. 
Um, the question I have is, you know, when will the new Saudi, uh, you know, be uh, ready for use? And I think um, this enormous project is, they said it's on schedule to start operations in 2024. Uh, the CSMC is spending $89 million to buy this 1,128-acre of undeveloped land. So um, it's very interesting, and um, we're going to have to see. Uh, Taiwan uh, Semiconductor um, is, uh, is basically what, it, uh, is, what uh, is buying it. So if you're seeing, again, we have more acronyms, the TSMC. Uh, again, which is Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. So I'm very happy to hear that this is coming to the United States and that this is going to open up a lot more jobs. And I'm really excited because this is this is amazing. Um, they're saying that the construction had started uh, in 2021. So it's a little confusing, but I think it's meaning that they're going to be ready by 2024 to operate. Um, I, 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 I it, it's a little confusing. Some of the, some of the, the jargon here, what they're saying. Uh, so it'll be production ready in 2024. That's what they're saying. So they're going to be ready to produce in 2024. So I think that's what they're saying in uh, uh, first of 20, uh, June 1st of 20, um, 21, uh, is when they had uh, began the construction. So uh, I think this is great. And I think if we can get more companies to do this, I think it gives the United States some control. And I think it gives the other companies an edge because that shows that they want to work with the United States. I mean, let's just think of, for a moment, Lenovo laptops, right? Let's think for a moment, that Lenovo could be manufactured right here in Arizona. That would really change. We all know the debacle as, uh, you know, IBM ThinkPad, then they license off the rights uh, to Lenovo, as long as IBM still has uh, the authority to uh, service them. That's what was the agreement, and that has to stay in place. So IBM wants to be in the service business. They don't want to be in the manufacturing business. So I think that's good. I'm happy where it's going. And uh, I just look forward to a lot of great success, especially with things like robots and stuff like that. So we could have factories now producing that right here in the United States. So that would be really cool. All right. Uh, Bosch. We all know Bosch. Bosch produces great dishwashers. They produce lots of other great appliances to invest $200 million to make fuel cell stacks in South Carolina. What is all this about? Well, Bosch, as you know, uh, continues uh, growth to support hydrogen economy and their first production of a fuel cell technology in the United States um, had started August 31st, 2022. And the stack is the heart of a fuel cell power module that will propel class eight trucks. The Anderson facility will expand on its expertise in electronics and sensors with new production supporting fuel cells and Bosch's proficiency in commercializing technology will make mass production of fuel cell stacks possible. And they're saying that the production of this particular plant won't start until 2026. So the release of it was August 31st, 2022, when they let Globe Newswire know, but the plant is going to actually start um, the production in 2026. So um, that's that's pretty good. So right now they're starting the production of the plant, but now 
the production of actually being able to make things. That's really cool. So this is something that they've been waiting on bated breath for years. And um, Bosch expands its deep manufacturing presence in South Carolina, which I think uh, is great. Uh, do you guys know um, where is Bosch headquartered? Does anybody know? Well, uh, Bosch is uh, – their headquarters is in Gerlingen, uh, Germany. Uh, but where is Bosch headquartered in the U.S.? So um, Robert Bosch, uh, commonly known as Bosch, is a German multinational engineering and technology company headquartered in Gerlingen, Germany. The company was founded by Robert Bosch in Stuttgart in 1886, and Bosch is 92% owned by Robert Bosch uh, Stiftung, a charitable institution. I think that's pretty amazing. Um, and you might be saying, well, who owns Bosch? Well, 94% of the share capital of Robert Bosch GmbH is held by Robert Bosch Stiftung GmbH, a charitable foundation. And the remaining shares are held by Robert Bosch GmbH and by a corporation owned by the Bosch family. Uh, Bosch has always had a very high level of uh, engineering. And uh, Mike uh, Mansuti is the president of Bosch in North America. And so um, I think this is pretty good, uh, you know, what's going on. You know, obviously, they're not an inexpensive product. But, you know, right now, uh, Bosch is headquartered uh, in Detroit, United States of America. And uh, now they're going to expand their presence in South Carolina. So I think this is really uh, a great turn of events with the new Bosch fuel cell uh, offering long ranges and short refueling times to vehicles to be openly near uh, CO2. So I think this is, you know, really cool. And mobile fuel cells offer long ranges, as we said, short refueling times and nearly uh, CO2 free uh, fuel. The fuel stack converts hydrogen and ambient oxygen into electrical energy. I think that is absolutely amazing. So I think the key here is that as companies pioneer forward, they need to build technology that's going to help our world. I mean, I think that's the most important thing of our lives and it's going to help others. So not just help their company, but it's going to help others. And if we can do that as a, I should say as a company, then I believe there's a lot that that we can do together i mean i think that's the main thing and just understanding you know what companies missions are where they're going why they're doing something a certain way and the question that everyone asks me every day is you know where is uh robotic manufacturing uh going and you know that's a great question um labor costs are rising and there is a brand new uh, inventory system. Yes, it stores. You know what I'm talking about? So, yes, they have a brand new inventory system at Stop and Shop. And the robot is actually called Tally. So, um, Tally is this new robotic uh, system. It looks very similar to other robots they've had. And so um, this, this tally uh, inventory system is meant to help because they're short on staff. And so the thing that's interesting about this is that 
this robot can do its work every single day and really never calls in sick. So um, we all remember Marty. Well, Marty um, was actually designed by a company uh, that actually owns Stop and Shop. So in the world of supermarkets, roaming robots, Stop and Shops, mechanized uh, aisle monitors is about to get some competition. And so ShopRite has 20 Connecticut locations and launched a pilot program to bring robots named Tally to its stores just this year. I know I saw one not too far right here in Franklin Lakes um, that was doing inventory. And officials with uh, Syme Robotics, the California company that developed Tally, confirmed ShopRite's plans of what and what they're doing. And I think this is amazing, but is it replacing labor? I think we can't get labor. And uh, we're going to have to see, you know, what's happening. And is this really a good thing? I mean, I think as long as it doesn't take away from the labor that, uh, you know, we need, because the problem is we can't find labor to do the jobs we need. So ShopRite's new robot tally will begin roaming stores, aisles, and... um, going to be very interesting because it's a a tall robot and basically it can count and uh, check locations of items, making sure they're in the right place, scan barcodes, take pictures. So I think it's pretty interesting, uh, you know, what's going on. And uh, the question I have is, where else are we going? Well, we're going to see a lot more automation robots. I feel that we just need to not put a robot in the place of a human's job. So if you're at a restaurant, I don't want to see robots taking orders. I don't mind the robots actually preparing the food, providing it's not culinary. Uh, And um, I also don't mind a robot, let's say, helping with some of the tasks behind the scenes, like uh, maybe that's uh, side work and cleaning and stuff like that. But I don't think the robot should be in the presence of the customer. So what I want to call is something Disney uses on stage and off stage. So on stage means that's the things that the clients see every single day. Off stage is what the clients don't see. And that's what um, only management sees or the employees see. So I know when I took a course in Disney many years ago, they had on stage and off stage. And they were very picky that whenever you go on stage, it has to be perfect and prim and proper. Same thing in a store like Nordstrom's or JCPenney's or, any big store you visit, they have their onstage look, which has to be prim, proper, and to the lines. And then they have their offstage, which is nice, but it's not as glitzy and not as attractive looking as the um, onstage. So before I do say goodbye, because we're at the top of our hour again, I can't believe that we're at the end of our show. Um, I know that uh, Marcus will be joining us, uh, hopefully back in another couple of weeks. Uh, he's been doing some things, but... Uh, As you know, uh, the company he's working with has been expanding, but we're looking forward to having him back on as co-host very soon because we definitely uh, do miss him on the show um, from uh, his company, Transform You Media Networks. And it's great to be a part of them and all the great things they're doing along with his radio station and stuff like that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for great content, content to improve the quality of your life and everyone else in it that you care so much about, what are you waiting for? Go to Believe, B-E-L-I-E-V-E, me, achieve.com. 
yes, it's very easy uh, to visit that link. And I'm going to go ahead and put that on the screen for you right now. So you can go to HTTP colon forward slash forward slash believe me achieve dot com. That's all it is, ladies and gentlemen. Believe me achieve dot com. And if you click on that, you'll be able to get great information. You'll be able to go to my link tree, which has so much information. I mean, uh, there's a John's Daily National Day video. There's TikTok. There's science channels. There's motivational channels. There's a JCM Academy coaching. There's so much there. And you can watch it now. You can watch it at 3 a.m. You can watch it at 4 a.m. You can watch it anytime you want. There's so many nuggets there. The thing we launched today was all about empathy. Do you know what empathy is? Empathy is not just being there for someone. It's understanding their feelings. So I like to use the example of somebody passed away. And you had, let's say, a pet that passed away. You should never presume that that pet or the family member or brother or sister, cousin or aunt, uncle, mother, father is exactly the same. Because even though it's important, what I would say to somebody is, look, I've lost loved ones in the past or I've lost pets before in the past. And I know what it felt like for me, but I don't want to even try to say that I know what you're feeling. I know what I felt and I know it wasn't good, but I know everyone's different. And I'd love to hear how you're feeling right now or how I might be able to help you. And so I think when you approach it from that perspective, people are more open to wanting to talk with you. They don't see you as a know-it-all. They see you as somebody who's humble, somebody who cares about them. But if you come off, well, well, you know, I lost somebody too, and it's no big deal, just mourn and go back to work. You see, that's an arrogant somebody, right? And I think the problem is a lot of people in our world might have these things, but they come in these compartments, and they feel that they live in a bubble. And when they leave the bubble, well, it's like their empathy goes away. And in order to be successful in our world, you have to be understanding. You have to be empathetic. You should be humble too. And you need to understand another thing that when someone has a situation to empathize with them you try to understand their feelings but you should never say that you truly know how they're feeling because when you do that that's a recipe for somebody who's gonna fight back well i know you lost someone. i know how you feel so i say look i know you lost someone um i've lost relatives in my life and i know i didn't feel good what it's like but i don't even want to say, I know how you're feeling because everyone takes their um, losses completely differently. And they might be um, open and saying, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling lousy. You know, that, uh, that grandmother, that grandfather, it was my life. They took me out to the park every week or they took me to lunch every uh every first Friday, or, you know, they took me on my first trip to Disney World, or whatever it is. And because I say, I, I had grandparents that took me places too. And I don't know if it's similar, but I miss them. I miss not being able to pick up the phone. I know sometimes I pick up the phone and I dial their phone. I'm like, wait, I can't call them. Been alive. And, uh, I don't need to cry. 
But um, just thinking that I could pick up the phone and call them, tell them I love them, tell them I want to come over. I can't. And I know that they're watching over me. I know they're telling me, John, don't be sad. I know they're telling me that they're proud of me. I know they're telling me that they're protecting me. That they're not just watching over me. That they're praying for me. And that when I get a victory, they're, they're rooting right along with me in heaven. And uh, taking a moment to hear that it makes me feel good. Sometimes I have a dream and I might see my grandparents. And I say to them, you know, I, I miss you. And I want to share this with you because when those that you love are alive, take every moment to spend it with them. Because when they're not with you, you're going to wish that you spent more time with those people. Having a friend that maybe lost a grandparent too, even though that might be the same to you, it may not be the same to them. Let them tell you about their experience. Let them cry. The best thing you could say to them is, hey, I lost a grandparent. I lost a couple. I lost all my grandparents. And I feel pretty bad. I don't know exactly how you're feeling or if it's the same or not. And they're going to want to share with you what's going on. If I said, hey, you know, I lost my grandparents and um, I know you lost yours and I'm sure it's probably the same thing. No, don't do that. Because that person's going to resent you. They're going to be mad at you because everyone losing somebody is special to them. There could be a million grandparents and 200 people lost their grandparents, but each one is different. Even though you all did similar things, each person's going to react differently. So when you say to them, look, I lost this person, I don't know what it feels like for you to lose yours, but I know what it felt like to lose mine. And if you want to share with me how you're feeling, I'd be happy to listen. See, that's what a person needs. That's what empathy is. But let's just end with this, and this comes right from um, right from my good friends, uh, Merriam-Webster. I'm going to end with the definition of empathy. Empathy is a noun. The action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experiences of another, of either the past or present, without having the feelings, thoughts, and experience fully communicated in objectively explicit explicitive manner the imaginative projection of a subjective state into an object so that the object appears to be infused with it i know a lot of times we want to discount somebody because we just want to move on let's slow down let's not rush somebody through their feelings or through their situation let's empathize with them and if we can't empathize with them for something we're going through or something in our own lives, just politely excuse yourself. You can say, hey, look, I know you're going through something right now. 
I just went through something right now. I, 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 I can't talk with you at the moment. It's nothing personal. And they're going to respect you. That's the most important thing I have to say with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the Jaymore Tech Talk Show, go to jaymore.com. Click on Reach Out Today. Apply by filling out the uh, application. We'll reach out to you if we feel that you're a match after you submit your proposal. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Jaymore Tech Talk Show. Happy September, everyone. I hope you guys have a happy, safe, wonderful, relaxing, long Memorial Day weekend. And remember, technology is a tool just like everything else. The choice to use it for good or for bad is completely up to you. Let's start using technology to make our lives and those we care about so much a better place. And I'll see you guys next. Yes, next Friday, September 9th. Enjoy that weekend. Don't eat too much at the picnic table. And remember to exercise. And I'll see you guys next week. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.